Hey there, and welcome to another episode of Investing Well. I wanted to pop in here at the start of this episode and give you a high-level view about this specific conversation that I'm about to have. And I want to do so because it's the first of its kind in this podcast series where I'm candidly talking to somebody about a given topic. And my hope and goal as I have these candid conversations is that you will feel as if you're a part of the conversation, as if you're sitting there with us. There's nothing more I love in life than making connections and having real conversations with people. Real conversations that are uncandid, unscripted, and conversations that really simply make people feel like they're not alone. Because the reality is, is we're all navigating life together. Nobody has it all perfectly put together. Nobody has all the answers. And there's not a right way or wrong way to do a lot of things in life. It's simply a way that's worked. And so I want to invite you into this episode. And to place the settings, I'll let you know that this was truly a candid conversation between myself and my husband. We were sitting in the hot tub in our pool on a Saturday afternoon, having a bottle of champagne, just talking. And often our conversations are revolving around our life, our family, this podcast, his work, our relationships. And as we started to have a conversation, I felt like it was just going in a direction that would be super beneficial for everybody. And so I invite you in to a super candid conversation between my husband and I. And I hope that you realize that we are normal people with normal lives, just trying to invest well in each other, in our relationships, in our spiritual life, in our kids' life, and try and figure out this whole money thing. And we certainly have made some some good choices, as we'll discuss. And then we also share some of the areas that we still struggle with. And so I just invite you in and know that this is not a super scripted podcast at all. And that my hope is that you'll just enjoy it, listen, and that you can feel as if you're a part of it and glean something from it. Hey there, and welcome to the Investing Well podcast. I'm your host, Liz Sheik, but you can call me Liz. I'm an entrepreneur through and through. My husband and I, we've climbed ourselves out of hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of debt and now are living completely debt-free. Accomplishing this wasn't easy by any means. We've made some really wise choices and we've certainly made some that we are less proud of. However, standing on this side of financial freedom, I'm here to tell you that it is possible and I'm here to show you how to do it with your God-given talents. All the while investing in what matters most, your health, family, and community. So go ahead, grab your coffee and your noise-canceling AirPods and let's get going. We have some investing to do. So tell me again. So best practices are what? Yeah, it, I mean, it's a, it's a best practice because it worked really well for someone. And usually if it's a best practice, it's worked for other people. But there's always a level of configuration or customization, right? You have to take into account the unique circumstances of it. So a best practice is a great place to start. But if you apply best practices dogmatically, you're going to leave it every single time, yeah. right? But figure out like, okay, what created the value in that situation? And is that the same value I'm trying to get in my situation? If I take this as a foundation to build upon, then it can be really successful. If you take it as, I have to do it this exact way, and that applies both if you're learning something from someone else and for yourself. There's a great book, um, I got it from wrong, around, 
you know, just because it worked before for you doesn't mean it's going to work again. Yeah. And, you know, people in their careers tend to always go back to the things that work yeah. rather than having a set of principles or frameworks that help them find the right decision. Right. If you just implement the same things you've always done. You're just going to get the same results. Well, you're going to get worse results over time because the situation is different than wow. what it was before. Wow, that's good. You know, that's interesting too. I remember talking to my mom and my mom used to say this. She would she would always be like, oh, if, if I was as disciplined as you, like it's so easy. You can resist anything. And like when I was younger, I could. I could. I could get up. I could work out. I could run. I could do all the things. And my mom was looking at me in my teenage years and my college years, and she was equating my discipline then and the ability for me to get into shape then with where she was in life. And now that I'm a mom and I look back, I look and I'm like, the things I did when I was single, like when I was single, had no kids, I literally worked really great. And I try and I try and do the same things now as a mom. And it just, it doesn't work, especially whenever it comes to like, losing weight and working out. The the level of stress I put on my body then, I can't put that same stress on my body now as a mom because I have other stresses. I have other responsibilities. I have other things that I'm carrying. And that's that's a really good perspective that if I continue to apply the same principles I did in the past, I'm going to get worse results because no, no, I'm at a completely different place. No, the, the, the principles is what help you win, right? If you apply the same tactics. The same, same tactics, yeah. Right? If yeah. you apply the same tactics, if you do the exact same steps, you're probably going to get worse results. Mm. You got to figure out what were the principles that allowed the best practice to succeed. And can I apply those principles in a different way that fits current situation when I'm in? Yeah. No, I love that. Right. Because right? like there's in lean, especially in lean manufacturing, right? There's there's like five key principles. What did we look at? Did lean actually stand for something? Yeah. Okay, it's just like leaning out, cutting the fat. That's how I've always yeah, described lean, it. So yes, yeah, so lean, like is, a lean cut of is, meat. is the elimination. The elim- so you, you often heard that used in the same sentence or even people will use it as the same terminology, lean six sigma. Right. Six sigma is the elimination of variation. So six sigma means that something is successful 99.999997% of the time. Is what <laughs> six sigma is in quality. Okay. It's a statistical term. So you eliminate variation or noise. Lean is about the elimination of just right? What are the things that aren't value add that you should stop doing? And how do you need to change your approach so that you maximize the activities that do create value and you minimize or eliminate the activities that don't create value? That's smart. I like how you equated that as we pour another glass of champagne um, in our plastic bucket. Rustle up the ice. The rustle, the rustle <laughs> of the ice in the plastic container. It doesn't ding off the silver. Champagne bucket. Right. Yeah. So I, to me, it all comes back to like, you find a best practice that works. You got to identify like, what were the principles that allowed it to be a best practice? Yeah. And can you apply those principles in a different way? Right. It's got to be a different, you know, action format, tactical format, whatever. But if you remember the principles, you can win again. If you applied some steps, you're going to lose. That's so interesting. So, so you, you're really good at doing that in a business setting. Can you give an example in like a lifetime setting? What kind of lifetime setting? Give an example. No, whatever comes to your mind. Like if you think about like our, so for instance, right, the the first time we got out of debt, mm-hmm. what are the things that we did, right? We sold, we, guitar, sold. we sold furniture, yeah. we um, decided to go on, you know, we slashed our vacation budget and used timeshare. Timeshare presentations as, yep, right? okay. And stuff yeah. like that, right? So we, so we figured out a way to get out of debt and to snowball that debt so that we could invest in renovating the house you know we're at a different point in our life now if we yeah. just went and sold some stuff that we have 
yeah. it, it's, it would not get us out of our debt or really make much of an impact. In right. A financial situation. Right. Because our debt that we have is our, you know, well, currently in this state is, is investment properties in our own property. Right. And so if we went and paid off some furniture, that's, that right. really doesn't, we sell right. a guitar, but, it's not going to change. But yeah. The, the principle that allowed us to succeed is one, okay, it's okay to sacrifice for a short period of time yeah. to get a long term result. And you have to spend less than what you bring home. Okay. And if you are spending money on things that don't create value, mm -hmm. such as debt service, if you can eliminate that, then you can put that money towards something that does create value yeah. without without any change in your lifestyle. Yeah. Right. So it's like, you know, it's the same principles, but it would be applied very, very differently yeah. depending on where you are. So I think like, when, really you, when you talk about like even in your examples, the tactics you share worked for us. Right. But if you can if you can distill the principles behind the tactics and then help people apply the principles in their own unique way. That's good. Like them following the same tactics as us is not going to work for them. Well, and, and it, it might not, right? It depends on like, I think, I think you bring up a really great point. If somebody was in the same position we were then, I think those principles and what, what we did may work for them. Now they may not have a guitar to sell. They may have something else to sell. Um, so well, that, even, even in the case of, you know, you look at the places we've bought and sold property, we're all in southern growing yeah. mid-sized city totally yep 100 percent. that where it had double digit population growth yep and so we were able to create a lot of equity because yes. of the demographic information that was happening around us yes right? if we would have been living in cleveland ohio 100 that is declining in population yep we would not have been able to, to generate the same equity levels by investing yeah. in real estate so Okay, so then in that perspective, then then what what about the person in Cleveland? How do they take the principle of what you're talking about and how essentially, you know, the sacrifice, right? That's the principle, like yeah. you can sacrifice something. How does the person in Cleveland get an inch closer to I, I, I that, think that there, the are, there are different ways, right? But you gotta, you have to do the research and do the work to figure it out, right? So like the high level things I think about is like, number one, okay, Cleveland's a lower cost area. Mm -hmm. So can you cut your lifestyle back to generate extra cash? Yeah. Now you either are going to invest it locally in something that can grow because there's always going to be good investment close to you, but they're going to be harder to find. Yeah. If your city's contracting rather than if your city's grown. But at the same time, like, hey, I live in Cleveland. I know my real estate market's not growing. But guess what? I know way north of Dallas is. Right. So maybe I'm going to invest in a second home yeah. in Salina, Texas. Yeah. And I'm going to rent that out for a while because I'll get my equity down there. But it's like, it's like, like we had, we always had the opportunity to invest locally. You're right. Because our local areas were growing. Yes. If you don't live in an area that's growing, you can move. Yes. But that's difficult. Or, but, you, but can, it is, or you can invest. It is a real option. Yeah. Or you can invest long range from where you are yeah. today. That is more difficult than investing locally, but less difficult than moving your entire life. You know, one of those principles that we had that I think is across the board is to get from point A to point B and then C and D, wherever it is that you're trying to go, there's going to be sacrifice. And it doesn't matter if it is you're trying to get out of debt, you're building relationships, like there's always going to be sacrifice. And it's interesting because I've talked to quite a few people through coaching who I've mentioned this, like you can move from your area and it's like, there's there's a thousand reasons they can give for not moving. Right. But it is an option. And 
sometimes it's a matter of is the sacrifice in the present moment worth the reward in the future? And I think you and I, we made that decision not only when we went from North Carolina to Florida, but the biggest one when we went from Florida to Texas. Well, and you know, not only leaving behind all of our friends, we just moved my family down. Mm-hmm. Like, so sacrifice is like that's a key component. Well, and to me, what's really interesting about it, too, is, you know, we were also succeeding because, you know, I was going through a period of career growth. And every time I would get a promotion, our lifestyle really didn't change that much, right? Like we, would, yes. no, we, would, we would go out and celebrate and yeah. have fun. Yep. And, you know, we would end up going on nicer vacations that we planned and budgeted for. Okay. But, you know, oftentimes I took that promotion that came in and I used it to max out my 401k mm-hmm. or I used it to, you know, increase our emergency fund right. and stuff like that. Right. But the big change was, you know, when we moved and everywhere we had moved or I've been promoted, right, was a upgrade. Yes. When we moved to Texas, we moved and it was more expensive and I was being paid the same. Yes. Right. Yeah. So we had to adjust our lifestyle down here, but there's a different value that, you know, we're expecting to be created. One, a network for you to grow and into, yeah. you know, long-term equity in the companies I'm participating with. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and that's a really good point, right? Because I think that if a lot of people, especially people who know us, look at our life, it's like one upgrade to the next upgrade yeah. to the next upgrade to the next upgrade. But really, they don't see the behind the scenes no, that like our move to Texas was not, it was it was not a lifestyle upgrade. We, we reduced our lives yeah. and we've had to cut back many areas. Yeah. Now, you know, that that trip to France was already saved for yeah. before we left. 100%. Right? And, what, yeah. and that's the difference too. When we go on a big trip, we already have the money in our bank account to pay for the trip. Yeah. I pay for everything on a credit card to get Yes. But as so soon then as we get back from the trip, I fully pay off. 100%. Trip. And that's, it's so interesting, right? Because those points that have been accumulated, the points, we, our business account accumulates points whenever we build properties, our personal credit cards, which we have personal credit cards that they're paid off every month. Those go to build points. And so then, those benefits offset some of our expenses. So like we'll get, whenever we go skiing this year, we'll go and we shouldn't pay for any flights because that'll already right. be paid for. Yeah, for a long time, I traveled a lot for work. So then when we went on vacation, I paid for everything on my Marriott credit card. Yeah. I got a bunch of Marriott points during where I stayed. So we've stayed in amazing Marriott property, Ireland and oh, yeah. in, in Nice, France, mm-hmm. and it was Carlton. But to me, that, like, that's, that's some of the big takeaways. Right. Like you gotta... You got to find the areas you're willing to sacrifice in and you got to find some principles you believe in. And it's not about applying the same tactics that somebody else. Yeah. It's about finding the the principles that led them to those decisions and then making your own tactical decisions. That's that's so good. So if you were going to break it down into like three areas that like really got us to where we're at in life, because look, like we may have taken a lifestyle cut back, but taking a step back, we still have what and I always remind myself of that quote like what you are living in is somebody else's dream yeah and and I never want to take for granted what we have because yeah. we are so incredibly blessed I think there's a there's a couple of big things we've talked about yeah right? there's sacrifice well no I, no, okay. number one you gotta you gotta choose to build equity uh-huh. that might be equity in your in your primary home that might be equity in a different kind of real estate property mm-hmm. that might be equity in a company yeah right but like yeah. Like it, it takes a conscious choice because it's always easy to spend money 
it's hard to create value. Yeah. And equity is is the inherent value of the owners. Yeah. In whatever sense you want to put that. Yeah. Um, so, you, you know, you got to choose to build equity. You know, I think something else that we have agreed on that we've done a good job of is we only spend money we have. And so, like, you know, from our budget perspective, something we did really well on when we were budgeting is, you know, we would pre-fund our month. Yeah. And that was, you know, an emergency count in and of itself. So I walk in on October 1st and I have the entire month of October, all of our grocery, all of our gas, all of our monthly bills, all of that sitting in one single account that's already filled up for that month. And let me tell you, I think that's a really important point to make because to jog my memory, when we decided we were going to do that, we sacrificed the month before to prefund. And I, it took us a couple months to fully be able to prefund the month before. Yeah, it took us a long time to do it. Yeah, I, I want it. It was probably, I would say, two or three months. So a quarter of the year, which like, if, if somebody's going to be listening, right, we, two to we, three months seems like nothing. A, we spent a whole lot less, right? Yes. Because it's like, hey, if we're going to spend, you know, including our mortgage, we're going to spend $8,000 yeah. this month. I have to generate $8,000 in savings. Yes. Well, and that's, the month with. and that's the time in our life where we were eating ramen, and I would add some rotisserie chicken to it, which is still delicious and we still do. Um, it was when we were eating rice and beans and I made rice and beans a hundred different ways to pretend like it was beans and rice and rice and, and beans our, and rice, rice and beans. Our one date is we would go out to the cheap sushi restaurant yep. and get a huge. On the buy one, get one free. <laughs> yeah. Buy one, get one free roll night. We'd, get, we'd go and buy one, get one free roll night. And we'd visit your brother who and was a bartender. Would, and we would like, get a bunch of sushi for 40 bucks. an appetizer together. Or, you know, we would go to my brother's restaurant and share the asset. And we would, we'd be able to walk out for 20 or $30. Yeah. And so we still had, we still did fun things, but we cut significantly back and pre-funded that so that there came a month that we were able to pre-fund everything and we haven't looked back. Yeah. It's a lot easier to spend money you know you're. But we do the same thing on vacations, right? 100%. We don't, we don't go book a vacation until we already have the money that will pay for that vacation. Oh, right. We, I, I don't think we've ever done like a, oh, let's just get away to get away. Right? We, almost every single one of our vacations is planned. And, or there's money in our vacation fund that mm -hmm. like if the boys... During the summertime, the boy, well, even those are all planned. Mm -hmm. It's this money in the vacation fund. So it's never money we don't have. It's like, hey, how do I live within the money we have? Right. Right. So, you know, yeah. we, we're, it's, you know, step one is focus, you know, intentionally build equity. Step two is only spend money you have. Yeah. I think step three is something we've done somewhat successfully, but it's like you have to communicate frequently. I think we do a good job of communicating frequently about our bigger plans, mm -hmm. right? Like in the sense of, Okay, you want to buy a vacation rental. Mm -hmm. How do we say, how do we get money for the down payment, yep, right? Yep. How do we cover the carry cost yep. while it's being built? Yeah, yeah. Right, and so we've done a really good job of communicating on the big stuff. We yeah. do a poor job communicating like in the month. Yes, I would agree with that. Oh, yeah. Like, I think that's still a struggle. How do we have to change our tactics, yep. stuff like mm -hmm. that? Um, yeah. You know, and, and we are saved by the fact that we conservatively budget. Yeah, because so we I, only budget off your income. We only budget off my income and because I'm paid every two weeks, we budget each month as two paychecks, yeah. which means I get two completely unbudgeted extra paychecks in the year. Right. And that's usually how we end up paying for birthdays and Christmas and vacations. Yeah. Yep. Right. Between the stuff. Well, right. I mean, your money is all gone towards investments, right? Right. But, like, but and that's an interesting thing. We budget conservatively, but that doesn't say that like 
life's been a walk in the park, yeah. right? Even like coming here, things had to readjust yeah. when we were here. But I think that also comes from, you think about the learnings we've had is, you know, we, we budget conservatively because we know ourselves and we know we're probably going to exceed our budget a yeah. little bit. Yeah. And so if I've got, you know, yeah, Dave Ramsey talks about, you know, a, a, a zero base budget or a zero dollar mm-hmm. budget, right? Like every dollar has to have a plan and you have to stick to it. That's not we, us. <laughs> we, were, we were never that disciplined. So we budget conservatively, you know, knowing. We always we, have a buffer. We, we may yeah. go over, but we always got a buffer to protect us. But you know what? I don't think that we are. I don't think that we are the exception. I think we are the norm. I think that the exception are the people who are super disciplined. And when when people come on and are I, like, I oh, I, I wouldn't say we're the norm, right? There's you know, there's lots of people in the country who are who are disciplined. Or maybe, so. maybe so. Maybe so. But I think there's a lot of people who are like us. And I think there's a lot of people there are. who will listen to this podcast and be like, wow, like, yes, you're right. But talking about, you know, a usual couple is one per usual couples. One person's a spender, one person's a saver. Yeah. We are both spenders. We are both spenders. We yeah. are both spenders. So we and we're know. really good. We are talented. We are spenders. <laughs> but we know because neither of us is the saver, you know, archetype, we are going to exceed our budget. Can you imagine being in a marriage with a saver-saver, what they might do in life? Well, those are the people who retire at 40. <laughs> and Hey, we're not far off. If we can retire at 45 <laughs> and be a spender-spender, right. I, the, I will the, drink another glass of the, champagne. Those are, the, those are the unicorn couples you see who achieve fire. Early on in yeah. life, because they live so under their means, right? right. They are saving more than fifty percent of their right. net income. Right, they budget off a of half of one income and everything else. They're dual income family, budgeting off half an income. Yeah, right. Yeah, right. And, and there are, and that's, there, that's there, beautiful. There that's are, wonderful. There are, you know, some some couples out there that yeah. do that. Yep, one hundred percent. And there are, you know, a lot of couples like us, and there are that yeah. are spender spender. Yeah, and there, are, you know, probably the majority of couples is spender saver. Yeah, right. It all comes down to again. The tactics that worked for us probably won't work for you. Right. But if you apply the, 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 principles. the principles in a similar way to your unique situation, you can win. I love that. I love that because the principles are similar across the board, but the tact is how you get there yeah. is So I'll put you know, the, the plug for that book, Simple Rules. Simple Rules, yeah. And you can choose yeah. simple rules for your family. Yep. Right. Every, every family's rules need to be different. Yeah, 100%. But if you can choose the right simple rules for your family, you can, be, you can win every yeah. time. Yeah, I love that. I love it. Okay, that's good. That's real good, Mr. Shake. Going back and listening to our conversation, I picked out several things that even in the moment hit me again, being super good. And this is not the last time you'll hear my husband. I think that my husband is a wealth of information. I love and honor his God-given wisdom and just his brilliance um, that he brings to the table in our marriage um, and what he'll bring to this podcast. And so going back and looking at it, you know, he said something at the very beginning. He talks about if you continue to apply the same tactics you've done before, you're going to get worse results because you're in a completely different place. I love that because it takes me even introspectively to look at what are the things that I'm doing in my life that I'm trying to apply the same tactics versus applying the principles. As we look at building wealth, paying off debt, focusing and investing on relationships, diving deep into those, there's some principles that 
are true and it's sticking to the principles that are true and applying them to how they work in your life, that's going to make everything we talk about on this podcast applicable to you. And it's interesting because I I see this in real life. I've I recently was watching a show, I'm not going to name the show, but the person who was coming in to help these people are like, this is how you pay off debt because it worked for me. And just because it worked for somebody doesn't mean that it's going to work for somebody else or that it's the right thing, it's the right tactic to apply in your situation. Now, two of the principles that ultimately I heard us talk about within the podcast was, and I think it applies to many areas, but let's apply it to debt and income for this scenario. One is you've got to decide as a principle if you're willing to sacrifice for the short term for the long-term gain and that it's okay to sacrifice. Now, sacrifice is going to look different for everybody, absolutely different for everybody. You know, Jordan mentioned it at the beginning of the podcast, when we were first getting out of debt in our life, we sold all of his guitars and it was painful. There was other things we sold, but that was probably one of the most substantial items was his collection of guitars. Now, you may be happy to find out that he has guitars now, right? Now that we've been able to buy guitars back and have them, but sacrificing in that moment because he wasn't playing his guitars then. They were sitting there and he knew that he could use the guitars as a mean to pay off a significant amount of debt in our life. And that would get us further later on than the guitars collecting dust in the corner. That was a sacrifice he was willing to make. And so, but if we applied that same sacrifice tactic, it's not going to work where we're currently at. No amount of selling a guitar is going to pay off one of our investment property mortgages. And so what we sacrifice now is probably going to be different than what we sacrifice then. And so if you're trying to figure out a way in your life to get out of debt, to make the dial move in different areas, maybe even in a relationship, know that there is sacrifice. If you're trying to better your relationship, there may be things you need to sacrifice. Maybe it's a game night with the guys you have to sacrifice. Maybe it is going out to brunch with the girls to spend time with your spouse and do something together. Maybe it is getting off your phone. You're sacrificing that, that individual time to invest in time with your kids. Wherever we want to go in life, there's going to be some sort of sacrifice to get there. But sacrifice doesn't have to be a bad thing. You just have to decide what are you willing to sacrifice to get to your end goal. And then the second principle that he discussed was that you need to live within your means. Now, we chose to live within our means from early on in our marriage. We budgeted off of Jordan's income early in our marriage. And so early in our marriage, there was a lot of things we didn't have that our friends had. Or as our friends upgraded to certain things, we didn't upgrade our cars. In fact, we downgraded our cars. We traded in Jordan's A6 Audi Quattro for our Kia Optima that we kept for 10 years. We were out of debt and mortgage-free by the time we sold that Kia Optima. 
And it wasn't until we had cash to buy another car that we bought another car. And so our whole life has been, our whole marriage has been living within our means. And living within your means can look completely different for everybody. Maybe living within your means, it is on those salaries. But maybe you're able to significantly cut back, and there's the sacrifice again, to live within one person's salary so that you can use the other salary to do something else with. I feel like that's been the the catapult in our financial relationship is that we've lived and sacrificed within the means of what his income was and used mine for all of our investments. But living within your means, pre-funding your month, that was something we did right off the bat. And it took us a while. So in the moment, it felt so hard. It felt like being so disciplined to save the money and pre-fund the next month. But once we were there, we never looked back. You go to our website. We have a free resource called the Milestone Marker. And inside the Milestone Marker is what we call the Investing Well Wheel. And there are 16 areas of life that you can invest in and um, that are the primary investments. And, And you're investing in them regardless if you consciously know you're investing in them or not. And so within that wheel, I would encourage you to look at it fill out the workbook and say, where am I now and what principles do I need to implement in each of these areas to get me where I want to go? Second, it's okay to sacrifice. And lastly, how do you live within your means? What are the things you may need to sacrifice to live within your means? I want to invite you over to our Facebook group because that's where you're going to find other people who are applying these principles to their life. And maybe you're at a point where you're like, hey there, I understand the principle of sacrifice, but I don't know how to apply it to my life. I want you to go over to our group and ask that question there. Let's have the conversation there and then we can apply it and give you ideas on how that applies to your individual life. I hope you guys enjoyed this podcast. I certainly enjoyed having my husband on it. I hope you guys um, have a blessed day and until next time, happy investing. Hey guys, I really hope you enjoyed today's episode. I want to take a minute and just say thank you for tuning in to another episode of Investing Well. My hope and prayer is that each of these episodes will bless you and leave you with practical steps, not only to creating financial freedom in your life, but tactical actions to help you build and invest in the life of your dreams, the life I know you deserve. I would love for you to join us over in our free Facebook community called the Investing Well Podcast Community. That's where we want to connect you to other like-minded people who are investing well in their lives and continue these conversations. Now, if you've enjoyed this podcast, please consider leaving us a review on Apple Podcasts. Your feedback helps us grow and reach more people on their investing journey. We truly appreciate your support and stay tuned for more episodes. And until next time, Happy investing.